Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the cross. I thank you, Lord, for your blood. Lord, without doubt, where would I be, God, if not for your saving grace? Where would I be, Lord God, if you hadn't reached down into my life, Lord? Let there be a miraculous change in my thinking, God. Lord, I'm so unworthy, but God, still yet you went to a cross. Still yet, Lord, you shed your blood, Jesus. Lord, you're so mighty, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Where would I be? All of us could ask that question, where would we be if it was not for the cross? You know, sometimes we got to make sure we don't get too grown up for church. I love when we run. I love when there's fire and excitement. But all of that is pointless if it was not for the blood. All of that is hype if it was not for the blood. All of that is something my will and my ability if it was not for the blood. But because of the blood, I can step into this place. And regardless of my yesterday, I can be miraculous and wonderfully be remade. I can be forgiven and grafted into something that is bigger than myself, bigger than my family, bigger than my lineage, bigger than my family tree. Be grafted into this wonderful, beautiful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for what he did. Can we just thank him right now one more time? Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are so good to me, God. Lord, you are so wonderful to me. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you, God. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You could be seated if you would like for a few moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is so good. I just, it, sometimes I'm, I fall into that trap too. I'm looking for the excitement. Sometimes we, how was church tonight? Well, it was, it was all right. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what our emotions say, the blood still saves. No matter what our thinking is, the blood still flows in his house. And it is an opportunity for someone to find him, to be grafted in to a lineage. Can you imagine what that is now to take on the name of Jesus and to say, I can call him Father. I can call him Abba Father. And he, he knows my name. He knew me when I was in my mother's belly, the scripture says. He knew me before I was ever born. He knew Jason Campbell. He knew you and he knows where you are now I'm so thankful for him so thankful for that bloodline if you will that bloodline that also washes away every sin but a bloodline that I'm now grafted into that figuratively now I can truly call him my father amen I have wonderful family and wonderful parents and I've talked about them before, but I, I don't necessarily have any preachers in my direct line above me. And there is no one that, that, that says, you know, uh, Jason can do this because he has somebody that went before him. And if you could have seen his daddy or his grandfather, they were wonderful pastors and, and preachers and evangelists. And, and I don't have that. But one thing I do have, and they had it too, but I have been grafted in. My daddy, my father is now Jesus. It is because of our heritage that 
there are certain physical and spiritual things that we expect or sometimes we do not expect in on ourselves because we don't have certain things. We do have certain things. And spiritually, Jesus, uh, he wants to let us know that no matter where you come from, no matter what side of the track, we used to say that, I don't know if they say that anymore, what side of the track you grew up on, it doesn't matter who your father on this earth was, it doesn't matter any of those things, but as long as we have been blood bought, as long as we've been filled with his spirit, that there is a new expectation, we have a new father. For some you know, to think that you don't have certain things spiritually simply because of who your parents were or, you know, what they did. There was a rich young ruler that felt the same way. He felt that there is a certain privilege that I am accustomed to. And he was disappointed to have to give up certain things because he was used to certain things. He didn't want to necessarily have to give it all up and follow Jesus. But I want to tell someone, if you can get to a point where you can turn everything else aside and begin to follow Jesus, what you will step into is a blessing. It is a heritage that is much greater than any amount of dollar amount that your father or your mother may pass down to you. Any sort of wealth that you may have stepped into, it is wonderful. But not everybody, you know, draws from some long heritage line. Some of us, you know, some of our family trees look a little messed up. You know, when you have to explain it over and over again and people still don't get where you come from. You know, some of us, that, that's how it is. You, yeah, my, my daddy was married to this and then, but, and then this, but then this, and then that, and then, and then, uh, Okay. You know, I have a hard enough time keeping up with my own family, but, but there is some things that are just not so uh, nice, new, and straight, and, 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 and it's just kind of a little bit messy, and uh, some of us are new in the faith. Some of, some of us, you, know, you haven't been in this thing for more than just a few years or maybe even a few months, and some things it's just not, you don't have straight yet. Some of us still have things that we struggle with at times in our life, and uh, you know, it's just sometimes it's not easy. And, and some of us have lost friends. I, I probably can raise hands. Some of us, when you started down this path, you lost some friends, some people that you thought were very close to you that would never walk away from you. But here you are uh, trying to walk this certain way. And then you look around and say, Satan gets in our ears and say, what did you think you were ever going to accomplish? What did you think... You, you, you're brand new in this, or you don't have some long lineage to, to fall back on. Who did you think you were going to be? What did you think was going to happen when you began to speak some things in faith? You don't have that kind of authority. Look who your daddy was. Look who your mama was. Look where your lineage is from. You, you don't have anything special to offer God. And he begins, it's an enemy. It's not our God that's speaking those things. But there was an enemy that tries to get up in our ears and begins us to convince us some things that you don't have what you think you have. And you're never going to make it. And you're never going to be successful. We find that God is speaking to Gideon and telling him about the things that he's going to deliver them from the Midianites. And he says, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to use you to deliver your family, to deliver your people from the Midianites. And, you know, 
Gideon thinking, who am I? I, I I'm nobody great. I, I, I'm nobody special. Uh, we, we know who Gideon ends up being, but you have to realize when, when God first approaches him, uh, he's looking around at himself saying, why would God even make me a promise like this? Uh, this is bigger than who I am. Uh, this is bigger than what I'm supposed to be. Uh, and you can wallow in self-doubt if you want to. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, when God steps in and maybe in a time of prayer uh, begins to speak something to me and says, Jason, uh, you're going to pray for some things uh, that is, you've never experienced before. But there were some chains that are going to be broken as long as you began to pray for those things. And, and I can get excited for just a moment. To, and then remember, who do you think you are? Who, who do you think you are? And, and if we're not careful, God will begin to give us some promises about, about breaking spiritual chains and, and about healing and about all sorts of things. And we'll begin to doubt ourselves because of who we are. What if God began to speak to you over the course of a couple of weeks and say, I'm going to use you to preach the biggest revival this world has ever known. And you've never stood behind a pulpit. What if God begins to tell you, I'm going to begin to show you some things and you're going to teach more Bible studies than your pastor has ever taught in his life. And then not just that you're thinking, I just want to be pastor, but God's beginning to speak to you. What do you say in those moments when God begins to talk to you about some things that are bigger than yourself? Hey, we have a couple of options. One the enemy would like to do is to begin to talk in our ear and say, you will never get it because of who you are. You will never get it because of a past that you came out of. I've got news for the devil. You can tell me about who I used to be, but God tells me who I am today. Everything you began to tell me is describing a past, and I don't live there anymore. I've got some new expectations. Gideon is here as this angel begins to talk to him in Judges chapter 6, verse number 15. And he said unto him, Oh my God, this is now Gideon's response to this angel. He says, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? I want to pause here. We'll keep that scripture up there for a moment. And I've got to tell you, if this seems just a little bit off, I'm just trying to follow the Spirit. I've got a list of things that, that, that I'm studying, getting ready to preach, getting ready, the things that I'm studying and hearing prayer this morning as I'm praying. And God took me back to a message and a topic that I've been before. And so I'm just trying to be sensitive. But I want to speak to someone that you've been beat up just a little bit more than as, as do you right now. And I want to encourage somebody. Wherewith shall I, I save Israel? I know who I am. I know my fears. I know my failures. I know my mistakes. I know my hang-ups. I know all my doubts. I know my issues. I cannot speak in front of people. I don't have anything to, I don't have anyone to show me how to do what God is asking me to do. I'm not qualified. God, I think you've got the wrong number. <laughs> If you've never felt that way, you've never got some big promises from God. I've got some things that God spoke to me are still written down on a yellow piece of paper. And a lot of them I've seen, but a lot of them are so big. And I think, God, you must have not, you must have forgotten who I am. 
You must have forgotten who you're speaking to. Hey, let's not forget. God is not speaking to who you used to be, but he's speaking to someone that has been blood-bought by his own blood, and he knows you, and he calls you son. Hey, let's not get deceived by the enemy. Let's not go back and dwell on who we used to be, but God, I'm so thankful for your blood. I'm so thankful that you remade me. So thankful. He goes on to say, shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor. In other words, unless you bless me, you aren't getting bigger tithes. You're not getting bigger offerings. I've got nothing to give. I've got no seed money. I've got no wealth to, to hire soldiers, no political pool in the town. I've got nothing that you can use. I cannot pay off the church. How many of us, we, we've dreamed about, if I finally win the lottery, I'm going to pay off the church. One, I hope you aren't playing the lottery, but if you are, I do hope you follow up on your word. That was not in my notes. I can't send a missionary back to the field of their calling. I don't have anything of value. I think you may have made a mistake. Didn't you mean to call brother so-and-so who drives the big truck and lives in a house that I've always dreamed about putting my family in? Didn't you mean to speak to someone who is made of wealth? Hey, I want to, I want you to let somebody know he can cultivate some things inside of you so that he can place things within you and he will do that because you know how to give and you know how to manage. It's not about what you have today, but it's about what God can place inside of your hands. We, we We've got to get our eyes off of who we are or who we've been and say, God, if that's where you want me to be, that's the way I'm going to walk. And he goes further, as would have been accustomed to talk about the tribe that he was from. He said, not only that, but I am from the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh and Ephraim making up the half tribes of Israel. And there it is that that uh, Israel's getting ready to bless these two sons of Joseph. And he strategically, Joseph strategically places them in, in, in a certain order so that Israel's right hand will go upon Manasseh, the firstborn. And the left hand with the lesser blessing would go upon Ephraim. Because he was the second born. You've got to understand everything, all the privileges and rights that were entitled to the firstborn were supposed to be for Manasseh. He was supposed to get so many blessings. He was supposed to get so much stuff. And in that moment, it says that, that he switched his hands. Joseph tried to stop him. He said, hey, dad, don't do this. You, you got your hand. And he said, no, I've got it right. In other words, Manasseh. I believe there's a hidden message here. He's talking about who, me, and I'm so poor, and I'm from the tribe of Manasseh. Even when I'm supposed to get blessings, it seems like it goes to somebody else. Even when I'm supposed to get a healing, I have to dance on the sidelines while somebody else gets a healing. When God promised me a financial blessing, and I have to shout and be excited for somebody else who gets a financial blessing, you don't understand every blessing that I'm entitled to seems like it goes to someone else that's who Manasseh is he's really beating himself up and he goes on not even that he said and I if that wasn't 
low enough, I'm not the only one in my home. And he says that I am the least, I, 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 I'm the least in my home. It's not bad enough that I'm poor. It's not bad enough that I'm from the tribe of Manasseh. It's not bad enough that here I am, but I'm even in my own home. I am the least. However true for him or for you, what a pity party. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. We've all get there. Let's not act like we've never been there. Everything falls apart and we fall in that. Well, what did I think? What Did I really think God was going to come through for me? Did I, I, I always, someone else always gets the blessing. Someone else always gets this. And who do I think I am? I, I don't have a heritage. But I want to tell you, you are not unknown. And God knows where you are. God did not make a mistake when he crept into your private prayer time and began to whisper some things in your ear that you were afraid to tell anyone one else and the words that were spoken of you by brother green or some other evangelist that is full of the holy ghost and they began to speak some things over you let me tell you god did not make a mistake he knows where you're from he knows where your biological heritage is but he also knows that every promise that he gave you is not tied to who you are but who he is it's not what you draw on from a past but who god is so i want to to encourage someone regardless of how you look at yourself regardless of how the enemy of your soul wants to beat you up and tear you down I've got news for you I've been blood bought I'm not I'm not who I used to be maybe you can put some modifiers to my name of who I used to be but that's not who I am anymore once we've received that precious Holy Ghost and we began to live an overcoming life, you don't understand, but Jesus begins to give us an identity that we could begin to ask some things. We could begin to knock at some things. We could begin to seek for some things and for the importunity that we provide in his presence. And because of who we are, we have an advocate with him. We have a, a right to be in his presence. There were some blessings. Come on, there were some blessings. There were some blessings that you've been waiting on that are still getting ready to fall on somebody who still knows who they are. I'm sick and tired of the idea of being unworthy. I, no one here is worthy. No one here is worthy of, of the love, the blessings, and much less the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. But I'm sick and tired of people discounting what God can do or will do for them because of who they used to be. No, we were never worthy. We never deserved what he gave. And yes, you may have a horrific past, maybe even to the extent that close family don't even know everything. But what I've got news is even though I may still feel unworthy, it's all been covered by the blood. It's been covered by the blood. And maybe I have a memory of who I used to be. But it says that he doesn't have a memory of who I used to be. As far as the east is from the west, when his blood begins to cover that repented sin, it is gone. He calls me son. He is my father. We're grafted into this precious lineage. You know, we may have to go back home today to a house that needs a new roof. We 
may have to go tomorrow to a job that we still don't care for, but this world is not my home. And I have a spiritual authority because of my father. I love the scripture, the kingdom suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. It's not about being angry necessarily, but that it allows for someone who has that spirit inside of them to do a spiritual battle. And it allows us to conquer some things. It allows us to overcome some things. Because when I say, and I call on my dad and and, 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 and I, yes, I, I do call and talk to my dad, a wonderful dad who, uh, you know, born in Albion, Michigan, grew up there. That's nothing special if you've been there and, and now resides in Scott, Arkansas. And, and I love my dad dearly, but there's some things that he just can't do for me. There's some situations he can't work out for me. But I'm so thankful that I don't only only have my dad, Robert Lee Campbell, but I have God Almighty. And so when I get down on my knees, I have a dad who understands who I am and where I am, and he can bless me. There was one who asked for Jesus. Yes, she asked for something to heal her daughter. And Jesus said, you are no better to me than a dog. Thankfully, God never told me that. Thankfully, pastor never. If, if I told you that, I pointed you out and I said, you're no better to me than a dog. You would leave this place. You would immediately get to your car. You probably wouldn't even leave. You'd go ahead and get on Facebook. You would start posting. You'd give a one-star review and actually mean it about the sanctuary. You'd, you'd go in. You'd be all bent out of shape. You'd be all upset, and, 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 and rightfully so. But, but imagine if God himself, robed in flesh, looked at you and said, You're no better to me than a dog. What would your response be? How would you react? What would you say? What would you do? We know that this woman's response was to simply say, well, even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And God was so moved at that response that he did, had no intention of even blessing her, touching her, hearing her request. And he says, because of your faith, because of your response, I, and he miraculously healed her daughter. Hey, I, I want to tell you something. That God that can do anything. That God, that's who we serve. But what is our response when when the enemy starts to whisper into our ear about who we're we're not big enough, we're not great enough. Hey, I, I wish somebody would say, hey, you don't know who you're talking to. That's not who I am any longer. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Somebody needs to be reminded of that because the enemy said, you're, you're nobody. You can't do this. You're never going to make it. You're never going to, you won't be here a year from now. You won't be here two years from now. Your, your son, your daughter, they won't ever, they won't ever be restored. It, it's never going to happen. I, I, I want to remind him this is we are more than conquerors. Doesn't matter who our names were synonymous with, our family heritage may have been synonymous with failure or murderer or alcoholic or adulterer or liar or cheater or atheist or abortion or addiction or any number of things that could have been used to describe my family. But that's not who we are now because we've been grafted into something more precious. 
But we don't often see ourselves. And Gideon obviously did not see himself that way. He did not see himself as a child of the king. He did not see himself as one that is worthy to do any of these things, to perform any of these miraculous things. How can I? I'm poor. I don't have a heritage. I am the least. But after he allowed God to use and direct him, after he had been in some spiritual battles for a while and he refused to give up, refused to accept his past as a predictor of his future self, Joshua asked his men in Judges chapter 8, verse number 18, he said, Then said he to Zeba and to Zalmunna, What manner of men were they whom he slew at Tabor? This is totally out of context of what we are talking about before, but I want you to see what these men see. He says, and they answered, as thou art. These men that we went to see, that we killed, what were they like? And they respond to Gideon. He said, they're just like you. So were they. Each one resembled the children of the king. See, we do so many battles. We fight so many things. And if we're not careful, we'll listen to the enemy of our soul that tells us you don't have a heritage. You're never going to make it. You're never going to do anything. But I've got news for him. I know what he really sees. He has to see what God sees. And he sees a child of the king. He sees one that is as a child of the king. And as a child of the king, I've got certain rights and privileges he, he loves me beyond anyone, anything. It's because of him that we are victorious. It's because of him that our past is gone. It's because of him that anything that he's spoken, I know can and will happen as we all stand in this place. I don't know why. God just... Said, remind him about Gideon and how he viewed himself. But that didn't stop the promise. How much more if we could change our thinking to know who we are? How would our response in that special spiritual throne room that's created somehow in worship, how would we behave differently if we really saw how the world sees us? We see our failures and our mistakes. And yeah, I'm going to tell you, if you're still living in sin, you don't expect blessings. You're going to have to get over some of that things. You're going to have to put it under the blood. You can't serve two masters and expect to be blessed. But once it's under the blood, what the enemy sees is a king. I shared this story a couple of years ago, and I was one of those times when, man, sometimes life is just hard. You start listening to things you shouldn't even listen to. You get so beaten down and you're frustrated. You're not in your Bible enough. And your prayer life that used to be so regular, it's not so regular anymore. Things get whispered in your ear. And I, I, I guess the enemy knows where sometimes I'm weak. He began to whisper in my ear because he knows I'm already struggling with some of these things. Now, he knows whose son I am, but he also knows where my weakness is. And just these thoughts went through my mind, and it came so quick. It's like I didn't even know where it came from. 
He said, what makes you think you're going to be a pastor, ever going to be a good pastor? And it hurt because God called me. These were words that flashed through my mind and said, what makes you think you'll ever preach something that people will be stirred and there'll be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Statement after statement began to go through my mind. And I was crushed. I'm adding all of the self-guilt on myself because I'm not always perfect. And I tried to speak faith. That's what we do, right? God, I, you gave me a promise. God, you spoke anointing. I rebuke that spirit. But somehow deep inside, I, I just was so hurt. I, there was so much doubt. I didn't see myself the way that God saw me at that moment. And I'm sitting in my office. And someone comes in my office and they close the door behind. And it's not uncommon when you work in human resources. And here was an individual by all denominal means is a very spiritual individual using her leave to take time and do all sorts of retreats and spiritual things. And here I am. She closes the door behind me and she goes, I want what you have. And asked if I could pray with her. I had an image like Gideon. Who am I? I'm from the tribe of Manasseh. I'm poor. Have nothing to offer anybody. Have nothing to give anyone. Sometimes I think that's why God chooses us because it's all going to have to be him. And here was this reminder that that's not how other people see you. That's, that, that's why people come in and they, they come to you and they say, hey, can you pray about this? No, like right now, can you pray about this? And, and it's, it's not uncommon that we close the door, we, we pray over things as people ask. Why? Because the words that the enemy speaks into your heart and into your mind to try to paint a picture of who you are is not who you are at all. When you have been blood-bought and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, God said, Jesus said that there will be power after that the Spirit has come upon you. And suddenly now you are a child of the King. And so people look at you, and you know who you are, but when people look at you and now they see you as some spiritual giant, why is that? It's not because you're somehow super spiritual, but it's that spirit that's within you. Hey, hey I want to encourage someone. Don't give in to the words that are spoken into your heart uh, that are constantly putting you down uh, and constantly saying you won't ever be blessed. Uh, you won't ever be used. Uh, you won't ever be anointed. Uh, you won't ever be chosen. Uh, you won't ever speak great words. Uh, you won't ever be valiantly used. I've got news for you. Uh, that's not who you are. You're a child of the king. Because the word was so specific this morning, I, 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 I'm going to do a little different. I, this is not going to apply to everybody, and I apologize, but I'm going to need the whole church in just a moment. But, but if, if, if something I said has resonated with you, it's not that there's anything wrong with you, but you just feel beat down. 
There's so much doubt going on in your mind. It's amazing that you're even here in this service today. But I believe it's because you're in this service today is the reason these words God spoke into my heart and said, I want you to speak. And so I, 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 I don't want you to leave. I want you to leave knowing who you are. I want you to leave knowing that you're a child of the king. And that power that's inside of you is not a mistake. That it really is power from God Almighty. And so if you feel somehow just beat down, doubt somehow in your mind, I, I want to open up this altar very quickly. There, there may not be a lot. That's okay. I just want you to come up very quickly. And then this church is going to gather behind you. They're going to speak some faith. They're going to speak words of encouragement. And, oh, come on. That's it. There's people coming right now. There's nothing wrong with you. You just, the enemy's been in your mind and in your head and speaking things into you. And it's not true. It's not true. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's all right. There's nothing wrong with you. I, I just come to remind you, it's not the words you're hearing in your mind. That's not who you are. Oh, God loves you so much more than you will ever know. That power that's inside of you is just as real as it was the first time he blessed you. All right, and I'm asking very quickly the church. I want you to gather in. I want you to find two or three people, and I want you to speak faith. I don't want you to play some, speak something weak and lame, but I want you to take authority over an enemy that is trying to devour a soul and has already cast so much doubt inside of their mind that they're so confused, but I'm taking authority over it. I want you to pray with me as I pray right now. Lord Jesus, I speak into the minds of each individual that is in this place. I know the words that have been spoken against them and that has created confusion. It has created deception and it has created them to doubt. But I speak faith right now. I speak strength right now. I speak expectation right now. I pray right now, God, that words begin to come up out of them. They begin to speak faith again. There becomes an expectation that is rebirthed inside of their mind right now. I pray, Lord, let there be, Lord, a new hope, a new belief. Let them be reminded of who they are. Let them be reminded that you did not make a mistake. That you know who they are when you called them. When you placed an anointing upon them. When you gave them a word of what you were going to do in their family and in their life. I pray Lord right now let it be a reminder to them right now in the name of Jesus. Come on church speak faith into somebody right now. Come on. That's it. Speak faith into somebody right now. Now. Oh, yes. You're a child of the king. There's an anointing upon you. There was a blessing that God has for you.